0: So, we started talking about light. Whew. So Father, we thank You that as a soul on fire, we, we give off a radiance of light. But that light comes from You. And so Father, You're just awesome. We just praise You today. Whew. wow. God, You're good. And even when we don't sense the light it's still there. When we don't feel your love, it's still there. When we're in need of new revelation, you send it. When we need a healing touch, it's already in us. And so you help us tap it. Uh, That's another message. Tap the keg of love and healing. Tap it today, guys. Just tap that keg. Mm -hmm. You know what it is to tap a keg, don't you? Mm -hmm. Stick that spigot in and turn it on. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you that you're washing over us today Mm -hmm. with the fullness of who you are. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we started talking last week about light. What do you guys remember from last week? If you don't remember anything, then we're just going to have to postpone and so I can get it posted on the website and you'll have to listen to it. And then we can reconvene. Jesus makes the veil lift. The veil lift. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. And darkness is not really darkness. It's just that it's what we perceive and how far we can see the light. Yes, darkness is not really darkness. It's just how far we can perceive. It's a perception issue. The darker it is, the less we perceive. The less we perceive, the less we believe. The less we believe, the less we experience. And the less we experience, the smaller our reality, I think, is the way to say it. Or the more narrow our reality. What else? Everything is made up of light. Everything is made up of light. And why do we know that? Because all things are made by Jesus, and Jesus is light. We're going to pick up. I'm just going to cover a couple of points from last time, and we're going to move forward. See, if you remember, we started out in, we started out a few weeks back, well, a few months back now, looking at the fivefold ministry and realizing that the purpose of the fivefold ministry was to equip the saints. But equip the saints to do what? Well, it says to do the work of the ministry. And part of the work, if not the most essential part of the work of the ministry, we learn from Colossians, is to what? Share the, of grace. Share the gospel of grace. Speak truth. Speak grace. Speak love. And the reality of that is we can do that by speaking light and life. Realizing that light and life are inside of us because the Word says in John chapter 1, Who's the light? Jesus. And who's the life? Jesus. Jesus. And where is Jesus? Jesus. In us. Yes. So everywhere we go, we have light and we have life yes. that we can release into any situation. Amen. That doesn't mean that every single person we encounter is going to perceive the light, because if their perspective is there is no light, it takes a work of the Holy Spirit to bring to the consciousness the light that's already in them. When was the light planted in them? before the foundation of the universe. And when was, it, when was the light that overcomes the darkness physically put into a person? After the cross. Every person born after the cross bears that light in the fullness. They just don't know it. So whose job is it to reveal it to them? holy spirit and who does he use to reveal it us we're one of the instruments of revelation and that is done because he wants to he uses us because he enjoys being with us in the process of shaping lives of others including in in our own lives and so if you recall from we started out last week we started out in colossians 3 verse 4 where our life reveals him our life reveals jesus and most of us walk around in our day going where's jesus but our life reveals him we can't help but reveal him if we understand, if our perspective is our life reveals Him, then our perceptions will be our life reveals Him. Our ex- belief will be I reveal Jesus. My experience will be people will see Jesus in me. And the reality is lives will change, including my own. I just think that's pretty awesome. And when we're here collectively worshiping this morning, I was seeing Jesus revealed through you guys, and I just think that's cool. And we looked at a lot of different verses, and we're going to pick up in a minute from where we left off. But go back to—I want to go back to Colossians 3:16 a minute out of the mirror. I'm picking up right where I left off. It's heavy in here, in a good way. Colossians 3.16 in Amir says, Christ is the language of God's logic. Let this message sink into you with unlimited vocabulary, taking wisdom to its most complete conclusion. This makes your fellowship an environment of instruction in an atmosphere of music. And every lesson is a reminder echoing in every song you sing, whether it be a psalm or a hymn or a song in the spirit, grace, fuels your heart with inspired music to the Lord. Grace fuels your heart with an inspired music to the Lord. Your heart is singing even right now as you're sitting here to the Lord. You can't help it. It's being fueled by the Spirit of God to sing to the Lord. So your spirit's going... Go Jesus, go Jesus, go Jesus, go Jesus. Or Jesus, you light up my life. Or Jesus, you're so awesome. And that's the that's the kind of revelation when we begin to believe that those things are happening when our perspective is he the Holy Spirit is putting a song in our heart. The Holy Spirit Is allowing that song to come out, and when we believe that, we won't stifle it from coming out, and you will even be that much more radiant in the community around you. But when we try to stifle it, when we don't believe it, when that veil has not been fully torn apart in our perceptions. Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do. And our song becomes, K sera, sera, Whatever will be, will be. And Doris Day, Doris Day sings it much better than I do. But the reality is, it's just not truth. Because you see, the Lord likes to work through you. He likes to work in you. And He likes to work with you. And He likes to live as you to impact people's lives. Flip over a minute to Luke chapter 1. Verse 78 and 79. I want to just highlight those again. It's just anointed up here today. We're going to go about five hours because I just want to relish the anointing today. (laughs) Uh, 78. This is New Living Translation. Luke 1, 78. Because of God's tender mercy the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. This is the prophetic word of Luke that God gave Luke to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. So the purpose of Jesus coming was to bring light into those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. He didn't come just to wrap up sin into a nice bow and package, and then destroy it. He came to give light to those living in darkness. And he planted that light already in their life, even before they were born. Every single person born bears light. And so when we see people, we can go, Light be. Light be. Light come forth. Light burn bright. Because we know it's already there in them. And so when deep cries out to deep, there's a response. The deep light in us calls out to the deep light in them and we just go, burn bright, burn bright. And that's that's a form of prayer and that's a form of communion with God because we're all interconnected in this light. Because the light is Jesus and we're all interconnected in Jesus. And so when we go, light, burn bright, things change. Darkness flees. It's consumed and swallowed up. And the reality is, when people come to the realization that light is God and light is good, that darkness goes back to before the fall, and that original darkness that was good comes back into its proper perspective so that when we're in dark, we don't have to fear. When we walk in the night skies, it's not about fearing. But it's about looking up and going, wow, look at those stars, Jesus. Aren't those cool? You do good work. <laughs> Being in awe of those kinds of things. And so the five-fold ministry, as we started out a few weeks, should prepare us to release light. And it's His life in the light that defines our life. That's what John 1, four in the mirror says. His life in the light that defines our life, that's where we get our life from. That's how we're defined. The light in us. And so, in one sense, a a totally, perfectly acceptable prayer is, God, I want more revelation of light. I want to have a greater perception of light. My perspective is, there's more light in me than I realize, Lord. And I want my perception to be the manifestation of that light in me that I haven't perceived yet. But I believe it's there, Lord, and I know I'm going to tap into a greater revelation of light. And as I tap into that greater revelation of light, I'm going to experience it. And how's it going to come out? It's going to come out in part through the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit through us. From a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit through us. And in us. And the people are going to go, you're just different today. What's up? What's up? What's up is Jesus is lighting brighter. And my reality is I can I can now minister in light as opposed to in fear or out of fear. Fear of rejection has no place in light. Fear of man has no place in light. So the greater my perception and perspective of light in me, the more I believe that that light influences me and influences the world around me, the less I'm going to be inclined to be afraid of men. And so I'll be more bold, because I'll minister even if they reject me. So what? Because what defines my life? Jesus. And so part of learning... This whole message of grace is realizing we are much, I want to say this without sounding arrogant, we are much greater beings than we realize. Because the King is in us, living through us and as us, influencing the kingdom, especially those who are living in darkness. There's not a single person out there who's living in darkness is not being influenced. But their perspective and perceptions are off. They'll sense light and they'll think of it as condemnation or judgment. Because that's how light has been presented by many of us. Collectively, the us being those who have had a greater revelation of light have been historically less sensitive to the darkness than others, and so we judge it. And we look at the judge of darkness and go, geez, you haven't arrived yet. What's up with you? What's wrong with you? Instead of going, hey, I know what dispels that darkness. And then you give him a word in season. You give him a kind gesture. And so God is changing our hearts as we learn more about grace to be carriers of light, if you got your mirror bible today, let's flip over to John 3. And actually, before we do that, I wanted to start in Isaiah 42. Da, let's go to Isaiah 42. You won't find that in the mirror. So if you got a traditional bound bible with you, I encourage you to pick it up. Verse 16. And I want to read it out of the English Standard. I got all my props today, guys. I've got a hard book. I've got the electronic book. Here we go. Isaiah forty two sixteen English Standard Version. I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know in paths that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. There are, these are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. God was, This is a prophetic word of God's heart towards mankind. I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. Wow. I will turn the darkness before them into light. Wow. And in that place of revelation of light, the rough places turn into level ground and I will not forsake them. That is our God. He spoke that through the prophet Isaiah for all of humanity to understand and come to know. And so we can go, He's speaking dark light into that darkness. He's speaking light into that darkness. God, what do you want me to release into that darkness? Realizing that we're not responsible for the change or outcome, but we speak or we release, sometimes by the laying out of hands, sometimes by a word, sometimes by just counsel from the Lord. And that goes in and it begins to penetrate the darkness. Because when light comes into darkness, darkness begins to dissipate. And enough light causes the darkness to be totally gone. And so sometimes it's a cumulative effect. Light. Light, 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 and then, bam! And people go, "Wow, what was that, Jesus?" But it could be the years of a cumulative effect of light at work, before the darkness suddenly is gone. How many thousands of years did it take to get from the garden to the cross? It took a a number of years, at least 4,000 years, maybe five. And what happened? God is releasing light one step at a time until the fullness of light is released with the veil being torn. Wow. I I mean, his, his understanding and logic and his meticulous nature of releasing light to everyone is really cool when you think about it. Now let's go back to John. If this doesn't shake your, your booty, shake your booty. I don't know what will. John three three. And this is he's talking to Nicodemus now, and you know Nicodemus, being one who was raised in the tradition of darkness, sneaks up on Jesus in the night. Can I talk to you, Jesus? I'm a leader, but I'm not. I'm not bold enough to be public about you. And so Nicodemus sneaks up on Jesus. And Jesus says, Jesus answered him emphatically, no one would even be able to recognize anything as coming from God's domain unless they are born from above to begin with. The very fact that it is possible to perceive that I am in union with God as a man reveals humanity's genesis from above. Where does the ability to perceive come from? From above. We can't even whip it up in our own self. See, this is where law and grace really begin to challenge. You see, because the law says, if you do this, you will have revelation. But grace says no. Revelation comes from above. You can't earn it. You can't work it up. It comes from the Holy Spirit at the right moment of time for that for that exact specific time the revelation comes. And then it gets built upon. Revelation expands. Light expands. The perception, the perspective about Jesus expands. The perception expands. The belief expands. The experience expands becomes more real and our reality is he's a big god (laughs) right he sneaks up and rocks your world wow go to verse 8 of chapter 3 we can observe the effect of the wind has and hear its sound whenever it touches objects yet those objects do not define the wind It comes and goes of its own accord. If life was not born out of spirit in the first place, it would not be possible to detect spirit influence at all. We are spirit compatible by design. And in the footnote it says, The fact that you are a Christ epistle shines as bright as day. And this is what ministry is all about. You are the testimony of Jesus. And it comes from him As us. Because I can't testify to Him of my own. I can only testify as the Spirit puts it in me to release. And so it's Him coming as us. Go with me to verse 18. And again, out of the mirror. Faith and not flesh defines you. In the persuasion of your authentic sonship, there is no separation or rejection. For someone to prefer not to embrace this is to remain under their own judgment sustained by their futile efforts to define themselves through personal performance. You can replace judgment there with darkness. To remain under their own darkness. Their own ignorance. Because darkness is defined by ignorance. One of the definitions is ignorance of the truth. So they remain, they remain in their judgment, their darkness, their refusal to accept truth by their own, and, and instead they embrace their own personal performance. And in their stubborn unbelief, they reject what is revealed and redeemed in the name of the Son, begotten only of the Father and not of the flesh. So the light that's implanted in them, they can reject. But that doesn't extinguish the light. It's still there, right? So they might reject it today, but tomorrow they think, oh, wait a minute, time out. And it will depend to some degree on how much the light in them is fanned like the billows that we talked about. Am I being a billow? Am I, am I fanning the flame? Or am I throwing water on the flame? I can't extinguish the light in someone, but I can create an atmosphere where they don't want to embrace the understanding of it. Or I can create an atmosphere where, wow, oh, you are so awesome. I know you don't quite understand all of what God's doing in your life, but you know, He really loves you. He really looks at you and He goes, Yeah! And I can start speaking that truth into them. And that's a form of fanning the fanning the flames, fanning the light. Jump to verse 19 a minute. Well, actually, I want to read from the footnote for 18. The grace of God shines as bright as day, making the salvation of humankind undeniably visible. So, p- grace of God is light. Why? Because... Grace of God is Jesus, and Jesus is light. So, see, we tend to segment, well, there's this grace, and then there's Jesus. No, it's all encapsulated. It's intertwined. Jesus is grace. He is light. It is in everyone. And this is the heart of the gospel that I proclaim. It began with an unveiling of sonship in me, freeing me to announce the same sonship in the masses of the non-Jewish people. They felt no immediate urgency to compare notes with those who were familiar with Christ from a mere historic and human point of view. See, what Paul was saying, and this is coming out of, I think it's Galatians chapter 1, Paul is saying, I walked in the perception of darkness for the large part of my life, and then, bam, the light suddenly appeared. And it took a while for him to comprehend it in its fullness, but when he got it, he realized it was forever. Now, could have at that point gone, Dang, I wish I'd have known that when I was 10. But what difference would it have made? We don't regret what we don't know in our past, but we embrace what we know today with the understanding that it's ever unfolding and increasing in intensity and brightness. You see, one of the problems if we if we don't realize that the light we have increases continuously we're going to get stuck in tradition this is the way we've always done it and the minute we get stuck in tradition then we have let a level of darkness creep back in and so we you know around here we blow up tradition pretty quickly go to verse two, back to 19 and this is the crisis the light is here right now say right now, right now. where's the light Here? When? Now. Now. Yet people are so addicted to their own darkness that they prefer a life of labors, annoyances, and hardships. Oh, man. So the light's here now. You can rest in it, or you can toil in, in your own labors. When someone is engaged in something worthless, they often fear exposure and feel threatened by the light. Ah, now we know why people don't care much for the grace message. It exposes the darkness. And verse 21 He who discovers the poetry of truth faces the light unashamedly. His lifestyle boldly displays the workmanship of union with God, and his words speak for themselves. Made in heaven, wrought in God, stamped on you, made in heaven. So he who discovers the poetry of truth faces the light unashamedly. We don't need to be ashamed of our past. Because we're looking at the light. Our past eventually gives way to the light. It may take a while to work through some of the things that have become the traditions of our thinking, the traditions of our actions, the traditions of our life, the darkness that we've embraced. It may take some time to undo that, but do I expect that it's going to happen? See, if I... My perspective is, the light changes me. My perception is, okay, light, change me. And then I begin to experience the changes. And sometimes when we begin to experience the changes, they, it kind of rattles us, right? It'll rattle us. Why? Because we're so comfortable in the darkness. But the more we experience the light, the more we allow it to change us, the quicker the change happens, the less we're rattled over time. And once we get past some of the very deep core things and those change, then the other things that are more superficial change that much faster. And we become even greater revelations of light in the, in the community. Jump over to John 5, verse 14. Out of the mirror. Then a little later, Jesus found him in the synagogue and said, and this is, this is, um, what is what's he doing here? Hang on, let me backtrack. This is where he heals the uh, blind man. He's in Bethesda and he heals the guy at the pool. That's, and, and in verse 14 he says, Then a little later Jesus found him, the one who he healed, in the synagogue and said, See, you've become whole. Do not continue in your old distorted mindset. Then nothing worse can happen to you. And I wrote in the margin here, See, you've become whole. Do not continue in your old darkness then nothing worse can happen to you darkness breeds problems because we're not living in truth and so it's like it's like being in a room that, where there's no light at all and you're you're feeling around and you're knocking stuff over because i can't find the light and so you break the lamp you stub your toe you start cursing cuz you stubbed your toe and it says in the footnote To see yourself through God's eyes is the only way to escape the distortion of the contradiction caused by darkness. To see yourself through God's eyes is the only way to to escape the distortion of the contradiction of darkness. See yourself as God sees you. How does God see you? Whole, my son, loved. You're the beloved. You're precious. You're powerful. No sin. You're not too skinny. You're not too fat. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're just right. Darkness causes contradiction. And then here's here's another part of that footnote. The religious mind has for so long connected God's judgment with disease and sickness. Jesus introduces us to the God who would rather become our distortion and disease on the cross and go into our darkness and hell to deliver us from its claim than to send sickness to us and and send us to hell. Remember that book we did with Baxter about darkness? God goes into our darkness and shines His light. Makes more sense now. Go to verse 21. For just as the Father awakens people from their death sleep and revitalizes them with zoe life, even so it pleases the Son to awaken people to life. And how does he do that? If life is the same as light, he awakens people to the light that's in them. Who does that? The Trinity does that. The Father awakens people from their death sleep. The Son awakens people into life. The Holy Spirit manifests it in us and continues to nurture it and helps us be the billows that fans that flame. Go to verse 25. Out of the mirror. Oh, how I desire for you to get this! Exclamation point. The prophetic hour has come! Exclamation point. This is the moment for the dead to hear the voice of the Son of God. Come on, hear and live. Well, if dead means you don't exist, then what he's not talking about that, right? What's he talking about? Replace the word dead with those shrouded in darkness. This is the moment for those shrouded in darkness to hear the voice of the Son of God. Come on, hear and live. Wow. Wow, verse 26. The very self-existence within the Father is what he has bestowed upon the Son in order for the Son to radiate the same Zoe life. Jesus has the same Zoe life as the Father. And if Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are in us, what kind of life do you have? The same Zoe life of God. And the natural circumstances don't define it. Jump to John Chapter 5, verse 41. Circle this one. I am not anchoring my belief in man's opinion. Let me come up here to the chart. If my perspective is man defines me, and my perception is, oh my God, Donna doesn't like me because of what I said. And I believe that Donna doesn't like me. My experience will be Donna doesn't like me and my reality will be I'll distance myself. <laughs> my perspective, my perspective is God defines me. My friend Greg doesn't define me. And I I can then enjoy my friendship with Greg and my time with Greg and I can believe that Greg's got my back because we're friends and we don't define each other, we support each other and my experience will be Greg will Greg will support me. As God defines me, and He'll encourage me in God's definition of me, and my reality is I'll be a stronger person because I will have a greater understanding through the encouragement of Greg that God really does define me. Yes. And the rest of you, you're all part of this too. <laughs> you figure out how. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, go to go to chapter six in John. We're going to go to verse forty-six. I could do this, like I said, for about five hours today. I'm just getting started. Verse four, John 6, 46 from the mirror. No one has seen the Father except the one who proceeds from Him. He is most intimately acquainted with the Father. In verse 47 it says, Of absolute certainty do I declare to you that anyone whose faith ultimately rests in who I really am in this one life of the ages resonates so if you truly 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 accept his declaration and rest in him then his life resonates in you now what's resonance talk let's talk about resonance resonance what is that lives inside what happens when two two notes of the same frequency are struck at the same time. They blend, but they also increase in power. They resonate, because the more things vibrating at the same frequency, the greater the intensity. He resonates in you. Feel the vibration of his resonance in you. Last week, and even today, in some of that worship, (laughs) that's resonance not residence but resonance it resonates in you he resides in you but he also resonates he's giving off an in intensity Wow tuning fork there you go where was I I'm lost. where am I 48 48 I am the bread of life 49 your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and died in the wilderness and 50. This is what you have here in me standing face to face with with you is the very sustenance of your life. The bread descending out of the heavenly sphere for everyone to eat will will fill, uh, to eat their fill and not die. And here's 6.51, which is the verse I really wanted to get to. In the living bread, I stepped out of the heavenly realm into the earth suit in the incarnation so that everyone may feast on the idea of their true incarnate identity. Mirrored in me and discover the life of the ages incarnate in them. And the bread that I will give is my own flesh, and it will translate into life for the entire cosmos. And again, you can substitute the word light. It will translate into light for the entire cosmos. He is the light of everything, of everyone. He is our light. So that's the perspective that God is hammering last week and this week in a more deep, more clear way, He is our light right now. And because of that, the more we step into agreement with that, the more we're going to see of it. I'm liking this. I don't know about you guys. You're looking kind of puzzled, but it doesn't matter. I'm preaching to myself. So, Go to chapter 8 of John. Go to verse 12. And thirteen, we owe flesh nothing. In the light of all of this, to now continue to live under the sinful influences of the senses is to reinstate the dom- uh, the dominion of spiritual death. In in the parentheses, darkness. To live in the dominion of spiritual darkness. Instead, we are indebted to now exhibit the highest expression of light. Parentheses, light, inspired by the Spirit. This life. Parentheses. Light demonstrates zero tolerance to the habits and sinful patterns of the flesh. Why? Because the more we embrace the light, the less we're going to want to even. The less we're going to even perceive the darkness, right? The more we embrace the light, the darkness really has no pull because it's dissipating. And I just, I just find that fascinating, that it just dissipates. That's that change from within. We don't have to try to beat it up, it just goes away. Chapter 9, Dylan John, chapter 9, verse 1. On his way, Jesus noticed a blind man who was born blind, and his followers asked him, Master, whose sin is responsible for this man's condition? Is he punished for for his sins or perhaps for his parents' sins? Why was he born blind? Jesus answered emphatically, His condition was abs- has absolutely nothing to do with any sins committed either by himself or his parents. Neither him nor his parents were guilty of sin. This is an opportunity for God's action in Christ to be unveiled in him. And here's the footnote. Jesus disarms the karma principle that religion hinges on. You know what I'm talking about? Karma? Oh, that's your Karma. Oh man, you must have done something bad somewhere along the line. You're getting repaid whether it was in this life or a previous life. Verse 4: We together occupy we together must occupy ourselves to accomplish the work of him who sent me. You take you must take sides with me. The repeated presence of my I-amness in the world is the light of the world. I am the light of the cosmos. The repeated presence of my I-amness in the world is the light of the world. Jesus, you are. Light be. Jesus, you are. Light be. The declaration that he is, that light be is the light of the cosmos. It's the light of everything that lives. Everything that exists. So, every time Christ is revealed and we understand that we're co-revealed with him, light is being released. Well, you know when we've thought that before. Mm-hmm never had the perspective is that the blind man was the subject of humanity's darkness. Yeah. And humanity's darkness wasn't because of his parents or something he did. It was in darkness. Mm-hmm. But I'm the light. He's going to say. Boom. Yeah. Take that. Take that. Yes. And now if you jump to verse 10 in John 9. Then they asked him, how did it happen that you received your sight? Now at this point he's, he's healed and he's in the, uh, the, in the temple and they're hammering him. The traditionalists are hammering him. Well, how did this happen? How did it happen? We'll then jump down to verse 30. And the man answered him, I am amazed that you just cannot see this. How can you not perceive where he is from? I mean, hello, he opened my eyes. Isn't it amazing what boldness comes with light? <laughs> he changed his perspective. Well, duh. How come you can't see it? I mean, I was blind, but now I see, and you want to question it? I just want to rejoice in it. That's like tradition yeah. Tradition is like, well, that couldn't have been Jesus. That had to be the devil. In some circles. And this guy's going, frankly, I don't care. I see. But I think it was Jesus. <laughs> no, jump to 38. Go, go down to verse 38. And then now he, now Jesus is reencountering him. And he, and he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And verse 39. I have come to judge the world's blindness so that they who are blind may see and those who think that they see may become blind. And we said last week, blindness is just another word for darkness. I've come to judge the world's darkness so that they who are in the dark may see. And those who think that they see may, be in, may, may have a revelation of their darkness. Wow. He's good. Chapter 10. Well, we only got a few more verses for today. And the next week we're going to go, how do I walk this out in the light of all of this? Chapter 10, verse 28. Let me get there. And I give them the life of the ages, and they shall never be lost, neither shall anyone wrestle them out of my hand. As for my Father, what he has given to me is most precious, and no one can snatch them out of his hand. Jesus is saying, Man, you're mine. I've given you life. I've given you light. And you will never be lost. I don't care what the moment looks like. I don't care what the pressures of the naturals are are putting on you. You still can't be lost. Isn't that comforting? You cannot be anything but a son. And you cannot be lost. Go to chapter 11, verse 9. So Jesus replied, and there Are there not twelve hours in the day? To walk in the light of day is to walk freely without obstruction. Verse 10, But someone who walks in the night would stumble because there is no enlightenment in him. And having said this, he added, Our friend Lazarus is not dead but asleep, and I'm going to wake him up out of his sleep. Basically, he's saying here, "I'm your light. Walk in the light. Those around you who are in darkness, I got my eye on them. I'm still going to expose the light. And guess what? They may have a Lazarus moment. They should have a Lazarus moment. It's just a matter of when. Lazarus could have had. He could have been raised from the dead a couple of days before, but Jesus didn't go right away. He waited. There was a purpose. He wanted to make a statement." not just of magnificence of physi- mastering the physical, but there was a spiritual implication here. I overcome darkness. And I do it on my timetable, not yours. Because Mary and Martha were frantic. Lord, if you'd have been here, I'm here now. What's the problem? He's dead. No, no. He's just resting in darkness. But guess what? Bam! Now he's in the light. Hmm? I, have the I have overcome the darkness. And see, that's why we need each other, because when we, get, when we get pressed by the moment in the natural, we tend to fall back to those old patterns. And we need to be encouraged to look at the light and let the light come forth. And so it's dangerous to be lone rangers in the kingdom because we get tunnel vision. Wow, glad, I'm glad no one is filming this because this le- leaning on this podium feels really good at the moment. <laughs> Chapter 12, <laughs> verse 25. To hold on despre- desperately to a mere life defined by the soul realm is to lose it, but to abandon the soul substitute for the real deal is to observe your spiritual life, which is the life of the ages. Now let's replace life with light and To hold on desperately to a mere light defined by the soul realm is to lose it. But to abandon the soul substitute for the real deal, the real light, the real Jesus, is to observe your spiritual life, which is the light of the ages. You see, we can create our own perception of light, which is really just a form of darkness. We can think we walk in the light but we really walk in darkness because we created it. If it's not Christ created, it's not light. So I can go down the road and I can start the Church of Spiritual Marijuana and lead you to a path of enlightenment through drugs but it's not the real Jesus and it's not true enlightenment. And I can make a lot of money doing it because I'll sell you the marijuana. (laughs) <laughs> Ain't no free sacrament in that church. You got to buy it. <laughs> but it's a counterfeit. And you will never, ever discover your true sonship focused on the counterfeit. Your true identity will be masked and lost in the counterfeit. But that's not you guys. And that's not the people we're going to encounter out there because we're going to give them the true enlightenment the truth of grace so that they can walk in light go to chapter 14 almost done for today chapter 14 verse 1 set your troubled hearts at ease by letting your belief conclude in god as you rest your confidence in me what makes my father's house home is your place in it ah it's not home unless you're there If this was not the ultimate conclusion of my mission, why would I even bother to do what I'm about to do if it was not to prepare a place for you? I have come to persuade you of a place of seamless union where you belong. And verse 3. The proportions of what I will accomplish are astonishing. I will prepare a highway for you. Just as in the Oriental custom where people would go before a king to level the roads to make it possible for royalty to journey with ease and comfort, by fully identifying myself with you, I would fully identify you with me so that you may be completely at home where I am. He's not looking down on us. He's not cringing at our thoughts. He's not throwing lightning bolts at our actions. He's going, I'm one with you and you're one with me. Your behaviors might be a little rough around the edges, but we'll work on those together. Your language might be a little coarse, but it doesn't turn me off. No, what he's saying is, I, my whole mission, my whole purpose was not to eradicate sin, but it was to paved the road so that we could walk together without strenuous effort. We don't have to climb the hills. We don't have to slide down into the valleys. He blew up the hills. He blew up the valleys. And he made them all straight. But we're back here. Is that, is that really where my heart is at? Am I centered there? When we get to the point where we, we're centered on, you know what? It really is Him. He really did do it. And He's still doing it because we're still tight. Life is a whole lot different. Now, just a couple more. Jump over to Acts 26. Now nope, I'm going to jump over to New Living. Go to Acts, Acts chapter 26, verse 18. So I'm hoping you're seeing how these pieces of Scripture begin to come together when you look at it from the perspective of what he's done and what he's doing. 26.18 Actually, I'm going to back up to the last part of 17. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and to be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. He came not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles to open their eyes. And in this case, he's using Paul as the instrument of opening their eyes. The Holy Spirit's working in them, but Paul is speaking words in season and he's doing acts in season that reinforce what the Holy Spirit is doing so they have that aha revelation of what's already in them. And so are we any... Lesser than Paul? No. Can God use us? Absolutely. Does he want to? Sure, because Paul's not on the earth today. You are. Ponder that one for a moment. Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. I'll actually go on one more. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. Colossians. Grace truth gentleness love kindness all of these things we do releases the light and it actually exposes the darkness because people will react to the light and it will it will trigger a reaction in them why are why is christianity being persecuted in our own country today because it really is exposing the light and the light Excuse me, it's exposing the darkness, and the darkness doesn't like it. And so, these people who are, you know, you got Joy Behar coming out again the other day, and she's trashing Mike Pence because he talks to Jesus, and Jesus talks to Mike Pence. Now, mind you, it's the same woman who a year and a half ago said God told her to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> And Oprah's saying she's going to make her decision on 2020 when God talks to her. I guess whether she's going to run for president or not. But you see, there's no logic in persecution. There's no... It's it's reactive mode. And it's reactive because it, it hits the darkness and it begins to resonate. And when people's darkness starts to shake, what happens? There's usually a reaction. And so it's no surprise What's that? Like a, fish in the of a boat. like a fish in the bottom of a boat. Yeah. So we shouldn't be surprised that, you know, as darkness is experiencing the more authentic light of Christ, it's going to react. And we need to be okay with that. Joy Behar doesn't define who we are. Mike Pence doesn't define who we are. Jesus defines who we are. And we need to be okay with that. Well, one more. Let's go to Ephesians 6 in a minute verse 12 I have started 11 put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places all of those all of those are in this realm beyond our visible spectrum but they're still influenced by the light that's in us so if we release light, these things get driven back, whether we see it or not. Because the visible spectrum is not all that light is. And so if we are conscious of the fact that what we release in the natural affects what's happening in the non-visible spectrum of light, we still are extremely Powerful. but See, we tend to think of the vi- of our light influences in an, in the realm of the visual visible spectrum, the natural world, and we don't realize how much power we have. And it's not that I have to go shouting at the devil. It's just, hey, the light's here. The light be. The light be here. You got no place. Amen. All right, next week we're going to pick up here. Next week we're going to talk about actually walking this out in a greater in a greater way in our life. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a hint. It's supposed to be natural. It's not something we have to whip up. It's just something that is. Father, we thank you. You're awesome. And as we go out of this place today, Lord, we, we just go with a greater understanding now because our perspective has changed about how much light is in us and how powerful that light is. And so, Lord, work on our perceptions and our beliefs and our experiences so that that becomes a greater reality for us. I think, Lord, every one of us in this room wants to be able to to go out into our our world and see the darkness released from people's lives. Right. And so we just thank you, Lord, that you have picked us for such a time as this to be instruments of light and life as you continue to grow our awareness of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.